Lord Jesus, thank you for this time we have to worship together. We just trust God that by your spirit you will illuminate these words. We thank you that you've given us your authoritative, inerrant, powerful word that speaks into our hearts, corrects, convicts, strengthens, comforts. Have your way, Father. We surrender. We pray this in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This morning as we get into the book of James, we recognize that James was written by James, the brother of Jesus. One who grew up with Jesus. One who loved the, the scriptures, and you're going to see all these allusions back to the Old Testament and the law and the Torah, and one who, who got to see firsthand and experience the very presence of God through Jesus. We know that in the book of James, he was writing to the, the, the early church, in particular, the Jewish church, the, the Messianic Jews who had come to believe in Jesus, who were a part of this new kingdom living, the new way. And they were under this, this uh, oppression and this suffering. We don't really know what the oppression and suffering was, but we know that it was very difficult. And James is writing to them, and he's challenging them. And what I love about James is as he talks to them, I believe he's talking to us, and he's talking to the church and calling us. You're going to see time and time again of this call for faith in action. Whereas we think about our faith, he, he gives us these pictures of, of truly what it looks like to have a faith in action. And in this moment, he is writing to us, to the early church, for those moments uh, when you just can't. You ever been in a moment when you just can't? You're just overwhelmed by something? Perhaps there's some challenges at work. Perhaps there's this hurt, this habit, this hang-up that, that, has, that has just gotten a hold of you. Perhaps you're just struggling with an anxiousness or, or, or a deep loss. Just this last week, I was sitting with a, a dear sister in the hospital room. She was sharing with me with her husband on his deathbed in recovery care and comfort care. We didn't know how many minutes there were, or there days, or hours, and I remember sitting with her, and praying with her, and reading the Psalms together, and at one point, she just shares with me, Logan, I, I just, I sometimes just feel like I just can't bear it anymore. Like, I just don't even know if I can hold on anymore. Have you ever had moments like that? Maybe you know people for moments like that, that have lived in moments like that, perhaps just waking up. Sometimes you just wake up and you're just thinking, I just can't. 
What I love about the passage that we're looking at today is James is writing exactly to you and I for those moments when you just can't. And he's telling you something. And it's not just a theoretical, hypothetical, theological truth. He, he, he helps us to understand some things in Scripture, some truths, but he gives us what I would like to say, faith in action steps. He gives us some things to think and do for those moments when you just can't. And so in this text, what I believe we're learning in these things is four things. And the first thing is when you can't, when you just can't, remember this. Tell yourself this. This is formational. Count it all joy. This is formational, formational, forming. There's, there's a maturity, there's something happening in me in this moment. I just can't. James wants you and I to know, beloved brothers and sisters in Christ, in that moment when you just can't, that struggle is not in vain. It's not wasted. Look at what he says here. He says in verse 2, read it here. He says, count it all joy. Some translations say, consider it pure joy, my brothers. You're going to see this. When he says, my brothers, you could say brothers and sisters. This is familial language in Old Testament time that is talking to men and women. So he's talking to the family of God. And he's saying, when you meet trials of various kinds, all kinds, I love it. He's speaking to a particular trial, which we'll learn about as, as we get more into the book, but he's just talking to the church, and he's saying, trials of all different kinds, of all different various kinds, he says, for you know this. He says, you can count on this. This is our confession, that the testing of your faith, this moment when you feel like you just can't, it's doing something. Because it's producing steadfastness. in that moment, let the steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. In that moment, when I just can't, the Lord is telling me, this is an incredible opportunity to see faith in action. It's an incredible opportunity to literally live out my faith. To say things, what is faith? It's, it's believing in something you do not see. It's a chance for me to take a step of faith in a moment that is unsure, in a moment that is difficult, and to believe, as James is telling us, that the Lord is doing something through that step. And it has to do with perspective. It has to do with as you think about those trials, as you think about the moment right there, I'm so overwhelmed with grief. I'm so overwhelmed with this, with this struggle. I'm so overwhelmed with, with this anxiousness, with these hard, dark thoughts as you're thinking about that. James is telling you for a second, zoom out and look at this. And ask yourself, what are you looking at? I love Scott McKnight, a commentator. He talks about this. He says, to consider trials as an occasion of joy 
involves an act of faith. For instead of looking at the trial, the messianic Jewish community is instead encouraged to look, get this, through the trial to its potential outcome. I think this is incredibly helpful to me. Now hear this. It's not saying, don't feel this. It's not saying necessarily there's, there's something wrong with you. It's not saying fake it till you make it. It's not saying you shouldn't cry. It's not saying you shouldn't struggle. But it is saying in that, with those emotions, the people of God, they, we have something. It's been said, Timothy Keller says, the opposite of sadness is not happiness. The opposite of sadness is what? Hopelessness. But we are a people of hope. So in those moments when you just can't, don't look at that moment, look through it. We see this believing that this pain, that this struggle is not wasted. That the Lord is doing a work in you and in this circumstance. We see this in the book of Acts. The church is going through persecution. It says that the people of God, as they're in, this, in the midst of this trial, it says that they left the presence of the council. Just found out some horrible news about some suffering they're going to go through. And it says that they were rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name of Jesus. That there's something about, when we think about what it means to be a people of, of covenant community, when we think about what it means to have a baptism, when we are baptized in Christ, we are joining with him in his work. We are joining in the sacrificial work here. So the first thing I would encourage you in those moments when you just can't, to tell yourself, or to tell whoever will listen, this is formational. I'm going to count it all joy. Second, as you look at this moment, as you think about this moment, hear this though. Tell yourself this. Look in the mirror and say this. This needs wisdom. So ask for it. Trials, suffering, persecution. There's so many questions about them. There's such a whirlwind of emotion. Doubt creeps in. What do I do? It's been said that James is considered the New Testament proverb. You see a lot of these, these callbacks to the book of Proverbs in James. Very proverbial. Lots of, of, of just help for our everyday life. And James here is doing a callback to Proverbs. What does it say in Proverbs? What? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so here, James, as he's, as he's talking to the church, as he's talking to you, as he's talking to me, as he's talking to us for those moments, those trials, he's telling you and me to ask for wisdom in that moment. That means basically there's something that you don't know that you need help with. He says this, if any of you lack, lacks wisdom, ask God. Let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, 
and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave in the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Remember, I told you, James, he doesn't pull his punches, right? Now, this, I, I don't believe James here is saying that, that you're just never going to have doubts. When he's talking about this doubting, he's talking about the Lord, through his word, has given you the truth. He's told you the ways you should live. He's told you the ways to live in wisdom. And as you're asking him for wisdom, and he gives you those ways, there's going to be times when the, the wisdom of man, the wisdom of your heart, contradicts the wisdom of God. And James is saying, if you're going to ask God for wisdom, you should, you should do what he tells you to do. Anyone ever been to a restaurant? And you ask the, yeah, everybody, yeah. Great question, Pastor Logan. And you ask the waiter, hey, um, she says, what do you want? You say, you know what, uh, what's the best, what's the best, uh, you know, menu item here? And they tell you the menu item, and then you're like, oh, that's nice, I'll have a hamburger. Anyone guilty? Just me? I feel like this is kind of what James is saying. He's saying the God, the Father of lights, the one who created you, the one who we believe knit you together in your mother's womb, the one who is the author and perfecter of all. When we ask for wisdom, when we, when we know the answer in his word, he's given us his word. As we seek it in community, he gives us this wisdom, and then all of a sudden we think, oh, but that, that, that was another time. I, I know that wisdom has, that the wisdom of God has like a sexual ethic for the way that I should live. I know that in the wisdom of God, God says that, that marriage should be between a husband and a wife and that, and that, and that, and that everything else outside of that is, 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 goes against the ways of God. But, but, but that's an old way. I'm going to keep living with these struggles. I'm going to keep living in this space, and, and, and I'm, I'm, going to, I'm not, not going to listen to that wisdom. You see this? I know the wisdom says that I, that I should be honest about my taxes. I know the wisdom should say that I should have integrity and character. But the world just says that, that the more money that I make, the more I can give to God. You see this? And this, this relates to the trials and the suffering. I don't think it's unrelated. So the Lord is telling you in those moments when you just can't to trust God's word to be true, even if you don't feel it. I love what, what another commentator, Douglas Moo, says. He says, so the doubter, not possessing the anchor for the soul, Hebrews 9, 16, 6, 19, look that up says, does not pray to God with a consistency and a sincerity of purpose. Instead, he's pray to the shifting winds of motive and desire. He wants wisdom from God one day and the wisdom of the world the next. So here James is telling you, when you just can't, Ask for wisdom. And also tell yourself this. Tell, tell, tell your, communion, your community this. This is the way. 
hold on to hope. And the great Mandalorian saying, this is the way. This is a part of the Christian confession. This is a part of what it means to be a people of the cross. This is a part of what Jesus said, they will know you by your love. This is a part of what it means to say that in the kingdom of God, everything is upside down, that Jesus changes everything, and that now the young, the, 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 the rich are poor, and the poor are rich. And James is talking about this. He's talking about this incredible upside-down economy of the kingdom of God, where those that are in a posture of need, in a place of utter dependence on God, are the, are the ones who have the higher status, are the ones who we look to for help when we just can't. Look at what he says here. He says, let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation. In that moment when you just can't, there's this identification with Christ. There's this, there's this sharing and suffering that you get to have. And, says, and let the rich in his humiliation, because he is like a flower of the grass, he will pass away. There's a lot of, the commentators have a lot of questions here. I'll let you in your small groups talk about this. Is there's questions about the poor man and the rich man here. Some commentators say, and then we don't really know, we'll have to ask James when we get to heaven. But they, they, some would say that the, the, the poor man is the, is the early church brother in Christ and the rich man are some of the people that are oppressing them and he's writing to the church to, 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 to give them hope, to correct this and to say, even though you're being taken advantage of, even though these rich folks are, are taking advantage of you right now, remember this in the kingdom of God, you are exalted. They will fade away. There's also commentators that believe, no, he's writing to the church, and he's writing to the rich and the poor in the church, and he's reminding them in this moment, we are a people in the way of the cross. And whether you're rich and whether you're poor, what our identity is, is sacrifice. What our identity is, is surrender. He says this, for the sun rises with its scorching heat, and withers the grass, its flowers fall and its beauty perishes, so also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuit. So James is telling us in this moment when you just can't, that this trial is doing something, that this is the way, and he's telling you and I to hold on to this hope, to hold on he writes about this in Jeremiah, I believe he's remembering the Old Testament, remembering the old prophets who talked about our identity is not in how strong we are, our identity is not on how much we have, our identity is in who we have. In that moment, when you just can't, it's not about what you can do, it's about who your God is. Look at what it says in Jeremiah. Commentators believe that James is calling back to these truths of the Torah, of the Old Testament, Tanakh, the scriptures. It says this, Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts, boast in this, that he what? Understands and knows me that I am Yahweh, 
the Lord, who practices what? Steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. Don't miss the hope. Don't miss I believe James is calling the church, calling you and I in those moments when we just can't, to look through that moment to the hope that is promised us. Look at what he says here. Blessed is the man, right after this, he flows right into this, who remains what? Steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive what? The crown of life. This is talking about glory. It's talking about heaven. It's talking about that moment when all has been made right, when I have finished the race, when I've fought the good fight. He will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. So I would invite you in those moments. Maybe even you're feeling some of those moments right now. Hold on to that. Finally here. I believe the Lord is telling you and I to, in that moment, there's this incredible paradox that is happening. That the world would look at us and say, you, can, you, can you really say that? Can you really say in this moment of incredible grief, this moment of deep questions, this moment of being overwhelmed with sorrow, could you say, this is a gift? Don't follow your feelings. In that moment, when I don't feel it, you say, this is a gift. See, James here, as he's talking about trials, he then wants to understand that in that trial, there's also going to be temptation. There's also going to be, the, the, there's the gracious presence of the Father who is there giving good gifts with you in the midst of that trial. But there's also, later on in chapter 5, he says there's an enemy who is prowling around like a roaring lion. And he's the father of lies. He's the one who brings about these temptations. And James wants you to know that not only is there this evil one who's trying to destroy you, who's trying to end you, there's also this thing inside you called your flesh. And there's these desires in you all the way back to Adam in the fall that, that get it twisted. And he's telling you in that moment, as you feel those feelings, as you're overwhelmed with that, don't follow your heart. Look at what he says. He says, let no one say when he is tempted. In that moment, when you're overwhelmed and, you're, and, you're, and you have those feelings, he says, and, you, and you're feeling like falling. He says, when you're tempted in that moment, he says, don't let them say, I am being tempted by God. And James is having a little theology lesson here. He's saying, remember this, the God that we serve cannot be tempted with evil. He's righteous, he's pure. And he himself tempts no one. It's not from him. Evil desires, those temptations are not from him. But each person is tempted, this is what's happening, 
when he is lured and enticed by his own desires, his own heart, her own heart. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. And he says this, do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Look at what he, he's, he's urging you in those moments when you just can't. He's saying, don't miss this, my beloved. He says, or some translations say, my dear friends. Every good gift, every perfect gift is from where? Above. Someone knows their word. Coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation of shadow due to change. So in those moments, tell yourself these things. Remind yourself that you have an incredible opportunity to see faith in actions. Tell yourself, this is formational. This needs wisdom. This is the way. This is a gift. Accept this opportunity for action. And the question for you and I is, so what? What does this mean for us today on September 11? What does this mean today for me in this moment? Thought of two and a half things today for you. First thing I would say as we think about the so what is, I, I just think, the Lord is telling you and I, keep doing it. Count it all joy. Ask for wisdom. Hold on to hope. Don't follow feelings. Repeat. Count it all joy. Ask for wisdom. Hold on to hope. Don't follow feelings. Repeat. We're called in those moments as a people of faith that believe that Jesus changes everything, to lean in to this. This is faith in action. And the other half, is I just believe we do it together. This isn't in your notes, but I would just encourage you just to write down, share it. Share it. In those moments, remember it said that in those moments, there is something about this trial, about this moment when you just can't, that, is, that you are really lifted up in the faith community as someone that we learn from, as someone that we grow together in. I found this so profound. This morning I woke up, I was just one of those days when you just wake up and you just don't really feel like waking up. You ever feel that? Yeah. I don't know why. It's, game day, right? I got the 49er game today, but I, I, felt, I felt like that. I got on my Bible app. Today we're starting the James, the James series. I would encourage you if you, uh, if, you, if you get the Bible app, you can download the, the series. You can be reading along every day. There's a few verses. You get, voices, you get different voices from our church. You can see the comments, and then you can also, if you're brave, you can comment, and we can see how the, how the Word of God is speaking into you. So this morning I woke up and I'm thinking about today's sermon and I'm, I'm reading through this. And I see from Pastor Doug, he says, the fruit of trial is clear. It is maturity. The difficulty isn't understanding the benefits. 
It's trusting the Lord for the strength to endure the testing of our faith. We can endure, even thrive in trial through the power of our Savior, Jesus. See, Rachel say we can only endure, but we can we cannot only endure, but we can live through the power of our Savior Jesus. There is the there is the hope that I cling to. I'm starting to get a little pumped up for today. <laughs> then I see my sister in Christ, Dana, on the hardest day of the year for her. A day that reminds her of a, a worst day of her life. She says, perseverance, even in the trials, so difficult, so necessary. Pray for Jesus to change everything. The sadness to joy, the heartache to thankfulness, and the trials to blessing. Share it. This is why we go in groups and we talk about this. This is why we have this incredible opportunity to invite people in. Sister Ardina says, during the rough valley experiences of life, since Jesus changed my everything, I have felt a very real, tangible life jacket in the midst of my storms. And that life preserver has been my Jesus. He has made his presence so real and known that there has been no denying his involvement, holding me and keeping me steady, providing all I need to take each step through the storm. It has been this thought that has helped me find joy in my hardships. I don't have to pretend to be okay when I'm not okay. I don't need to recognize that my Jesus loves me so much that he has allowed this trial in my life. Oh, I need, but I do need to recognize that my Jesus loves me so much that he has allowed this trial in my life in order to further grow me for his purpose. How lucky I should feel and truly blessed that he finds me worthy of such a calling. So if my God is for me, who can stand against me? Since inviting Jesus into my heart, I have never felt more love, peace, grace, and mercy. Jesus changes everything. Amen? And this is what we're invited into as a a faith community, to be people. When you just can't hear this, when you just can't, you keep doing it. And when you just can't, like literally, physically, you just can't embrace grace. When you just can't remember, Jesus did. Jesus always does. And you are his recreation. You are the one who he does the resurrecting power in. You can because Jesus did. Think about the moment when Jesus felt like he just couldn't. He was in a garden. And he was thinking about all of our sin and all of our struggles. And he cries out to the Father. And what does he say? Father, if it's at all possible, would you remove this cup from me? He's talking about dying on the cross taking on the sins of the world, you and I and our sin and all the consequences of that. Yes, as far as it depends on me, if it's at all possible, Lord, remove it, but not my will, but yours. And when Jesus hangs on the cross and he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they have done. And he says, it is finished. We, as a people of God, believe in that moment Jesus changed everything. And when you just can't, he did. This is what we cling to. This is what allows the people of God to say, 
I'm weeping with tears of joy. This is what allows a dear family to say, as they're saying goodbye to a patriarch in their in their in our church in this community and we don't want him to go but to say the joy of the Lord is my strength this is what helps things that are so high to feel like we taste and see because we are a people who share it together and I believe that James knew this commentators say that we don't really know when James turned his life over to following Jesus, but he doesn't really show up until after the resurrection. We know that he grew up with Jesus. We know that he was around Jesus, but in the history and Acts, he shows up after the resurrection. And I believe this next verse in, in verse 18, he's a little testimonial. He says this, as he's talking about these trials, he says, of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creation. He's saying in this moment, I believe because we're recreation, because Jesus changes everything, because Jesus has changed me. We can. So I would just encourage you as we dig into James, as we think about what it looks like to be a people of faith in action, Perhaps you're feeling in a space where you just can't. Embrace grace. Just believe that Jesus died. Remember in that moment when Mary Lee is sharing with me that she just can't bear it anymore. Her daughters say, it's okay. We'll carry you. And Jesus is. This is our confession. Let's continue to be a people where we see faith in action and where we see trials and we look at trials and we say, this is formational. We say, this needs wisdom. We say, this is going to do something. Join us together in being a people of grace. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord, that you would continue to stir up in us. I pray, God, I, I just know, God, in, in days like this, thank you for your word. Thank you that, that you can give us this comfort and this hope for those days when things feel hard and dark. Thank you, Lord, that you, you have called us to not just look at our feelings and our, and our moments, but to see through them. So, Lord, I pray as we sing together, as we respond together of your grace, I, I pray, God, that this would just be a time for those watching online, for those here in this space, that this would just be a time of grace. And this would just be a time where the people of God are just reminded of your grace where we get to commune with each other and with you. And God, right now in this moment, we want to consider this moment pure joy. I pray, Lord, that you would restore to me the joy of my salvation.
do your work, Lord. In our hearts, continue to change everything. In your name we pray.